Welcome everyone. Merry Christmas. It is good to see all of you at Lydia House. This is our fourth Sunday of Advent. And so this will be our Christmas service this year. Nice to see everybody and nice to see the people who I can't actually see. I just assume it's nice to see you too. And during our unusual pandemic Christmas, we're thankful that we can still get together and still share the gospel and share our service with one another. So let's, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that during this difficult year, we can still come together in hope, hope that this will end and that we'll come out of the dark some point soon. And we can come together in thanksgiving for your son, Jesus, that came to us so long ago so that we could be free and so that we could live as your sons and your daughters. And we pray that you would bless us during this season we give this worship time to you, and we ask you that you would help us to be lights to our families and to our neighbors and to anyone that we are able to come in contact with this Christmas, and that your love would shine through us and everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to light the Advent candles now, which Bella is very excited about. Our pyrotechnic guy was union and he wouldn't work this morning. So <laughs> we're doing our best. Good job. We got a lot of them today, all four Advent candles. And then we're lighting the Christ candles since this is our Christmas service. The safety, the safety feature works well, yeah. Doing great. Uh, light the middle one without lighting yourself is the real trick. Good job, sweetie. Way to go. All right, kids, now you stand up and you are going to recite the Christmas passage for us from Luke chapter two. Andrew, why don't you sit so we can see your face? You're so tall. <laughs> All right, go ahead. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken over the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the to Nazareth from, in, the town of Nazareth from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea, to, to, the Bethlehem. to Bethlehem, the, the town, town of David, David because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he was pledged. No. Wait, no. Mary, he also, <laughs> Mary also, Mary, Mary also went up to the town of David. When they were there, the time came for the, the baby, baby to be, be born. born. She mm -hmm. wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room 
available to them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy for all the, all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find him wrapped in a cloth and placed lying in a manger. While the, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom their favor rests. When they had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary, Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread, spread, spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the, the shepherds, shepherds returned, praising God and glorifying God and God for all they had heard and seen, seen, which were just as they had been told. Hallelujah! Good job, gang. That was a whole lot. <laughs> that was a whole lot, wasn't it? You guys did a great job. It's okay, you, Bella. You know an appropriate first grade amount of that. Yeah, that was not my version. So your version is just... Uh, and we're done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so continued Merry Christmases to you and all of your family and friends and everyone. And um, we are going to... I'm just going to have a quick announcement about Uganda, and then we'll move on to Christmas carols and our message for today. Um, we will be pausing the Wednesday night fellowship uh, for the next couple of weeks um, as everyone gets really busy now during the Christmas season. So, although perhaps not quite as busy as we often are, right? But I did want to share a quick update about Uganda with Harvest Water Africa and Pastor Dowson and how things are going there. Um, as you know, the pandemic has hit harder uh, there than it has in other places. And so they could use your prayers. Um, if we could keep Pastor Dowson and Uganda in our prayers, that would be great. And uh, in particular, we're still raising money to plant new banana farms. Uh, we can plant a banana farm for just $100, which includes the tools and the banana sucker trees and a little bit of manure to get their farm started. And we've done, let's see if I can get this number right. They're around 140 now banana farms that we've planted in the last year and a half or so and looking to do a few more now that the rains have started and so if that's something that you think you would want to do one thing we are doing is uh we take a banana and we just write on it in sharpie a banana farm was planted in your honor 
in Uganda. And that's uh, one of the gifts that we give usually for mm -hmm. Christmas. And so if that's something God moves on your heart to do, you can let me know, or you can uh, make a donation on the website, Lydia House website, or on harvestwaterafrica.org website. And you can just make a note for Banana Farms in there and we'll know where to put that. And speaking of which, it's a great time for end of year giving since we're at the end of the year. So keep an eye on your finances there. And if there's anything else that you want to give, go ahead and send that. You can still send a check uh, to the house or you can give online is fine too. And we appreciate all of those gifts. Just as I think Mary appreciated the gold and frankincense and myrrh. Myrrh is a slightly darker gift um, in terms of what it's portents. But I'm pretty sure they use the gold uh, right away because kids are expensive, right? So let's go back to the Lord in prayer and prepare our hearts for worship for our Christmas service today. Father God, we thank you for everything. We pray that you would continue to be larger in our eyes and in our minds and in our hearts than the difficulty of the year. And that you would be more powerful in our own hearts and our lives than 2020 or than any one thing or any summation of all the things that happened this year that may have been difficult in our lives. You would help us to keep you at the forefront and remember that you came down into a very tumultuous, sinful, dark world with a, an oppressive force ruling over your people in Israel. And yet that's when you decided to send your son. And we thank you that you did. And we pray that you would allow him to come new into our hearts and our lives this year and this Christmas. Let's just take a minute just to confess before the Lord anything that we shouldn't have done this week or anything that we should have done that we didn't do. Uh, so let's just take a minute of silent confession before the Lord. Thank you, Lord, and we receive the forgiveness of all of our sins that was bought for us on the cross by Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came and he died for us. And as we see the little baby in the manger, we pray that you would help us to remember where it was and why it was that he came. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Paul and Karen are going to lead us in some songs that I think you all will know. And I think it's legal to sing them in June, but I don't remember ever singing Joy to the World in June. I love it when uh, this season comes around and we're able to sing I do want to say thank you to Lydia House, your kindness to yeah. us during the time of Phil's transition yes. from here to his eternal home. Uh, there were joyful times and, of course, a lot of tears mixed in. Uh, and we have Margaret sitting here near us, and we bless her 
looking forward to reunion with her husband one of these months years days whenever the lord uh, would bring so i'm sorry it's a sunny day out and that means sun behind us so you won't see us as clearly but uh, let's sing joy to the world together thank you that we are loved by you today that we are cared for by you we're not neglected you are a good father we bless you today Oh, come let us 
it's wonderful to dress up on Christmas time. Raise your hand if you like Nate's Christmas sweater. Yes. <laughs> yes. Looks good, Nate. N Naomi, show oh. them your sweater. Naomi's got a beautiful sweater on, a Christmas sweater. Kind of hard to it. see. I'm sorry that, that uh, and we're not in a good. Grandma, grandma has, has a, a, a Christmas. A nice sweater. Christmas sweater too. There you go, Mom. Wave, wave at everyone. Yeah. Can you see them? Can you Can see you Grandma? Smile? Nico, Nico, Stana. Hi. Okay, she said hi to everyone. Okay. Number next. Well, it is. once from Jerusalem to Bethlehem over the top crest on the Mount of Olives and then down the eastern slope and about uh, I suppose about six miles 
wasn't the town that Jerusalem was. Here it's called Little Town. It wasn't little during tax season. It had to be very crowded because it was the city of David and many people were coming. So, well, there wasn't room in the inn, so that says something about the crowded conditions. spirit of prayer we're going to do a couple uh, uh, prayer items now we may come back to heart the herald angels sing but uh who do you think is putting these words up today who is helping us james 
you. Yeah. Luann. Are you putting the words yes, up? Yes, Luann is. I was going to say it's CJ, but I was going to say <laughs> thank you, CJ. But <laughs> I will say I, yeah, thank I, you, Luann. I was Luann. waiting for what you were trying to say. Okay. I knew it was Luann. Okay. Well, thank you very yes, much. Thank you. Yesterday, CJ came here and worked, I don't know how many hours. It was uh, quite a few hours. CJ, how many hours were you here? Maybe three or four. Ooh. Okay. I, I was going to say at least four, I thought. So uh, I want to I wanna say a prayer of uh, thanks for the people yeah. who serve us. I'm very grateful for Nate and how he serves us. He serves me. He serves you. He serves all of us. I very much appreciate Nate, especially in this season when he's doing a lot of stuff that he just does it better than I do it. So I'm grateful for Nate. I'm very grateful for tech people. Uh, if you know me, you know I'm very, I'm very uh, technologically challenged, I'm, right, Karen? I'm techie. And so uh, having people like uh, CJ and Tim around, it's such a gift. And so I'd like us to have a time of prayer. I will start. But then uh, different ones that you can pray. You can pray and thank the Lord for Lydia House, or you can thank the Lord for something that he's doing, or you can ask for prayer for something that, that you need. Uh, so let's, uh, I'll, I'll begin. And then if anyone to join me, you feel free to enter in. Remember to unmute if you're muted. Father, we're so thankful for this season. I thank you that in 2010, you raised up Lydia House in our living room where we're seated now. I remember it so well. I remember the beginning. I remember the, the naming of it. I gave them a couple names as, as possibilities. And I said, otherwise we could just call it by the street that we live on. And that got 100% of the votes right away. People wanted to call it Lydia House Church. And so here we are, 10 years later, we're, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary. It was this time of year, just before, it was in November, uh, November I believe. So uh, we've been going for 10 years. Thank you. I thank you for the people who serve us. I thank you for what Luann does every week. I thank you for my wife, Karen, and working with the women. And I thank you for CJ, who works behind the scenes so often, but puts in a lot of time. And it was a disappointment then that we couldn't uh, do what we wanted to do when we found out that we had some people downstairs who tested positive. And so it was a, it was a huge disappointment. And I, because um, CJ had things ready to go. And so I bless CJ for the time that he gives. I, I asked him yesterday when this started, and he started with technology in grade school. He was gifted, and so they recognized his gifts in grade school. And then he continued in junior high, high school, college, over across the street at Northwestern. So thank you, Father, that you have uh, led him to make use of his gifts here at Lydia House. Mm. I wanted to uh, say thank you, Lord, for your word from Romans 16, the last part. 
there, most, some of my favorite words in, in scripture, Lord, as you know, is, uh, are the two words, so that. And this uh, says, so that all men might believe and obey him. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. And Lord, I specifically, I was thinking of uh, to actually tomorrow when it has been 800 years since we've seen the, these two stars so bright, like when you appeared, Lord. And it's such a reminder, tangible reminder of who you are and the timing and uh I just want to thank you and praise you for things like this that speak loud and clear of who you are. Thank you, Father. Mm -hmm. They are the first ones that heard the good news. And you yourself are a shepherd. We thank you that you're a good shepherd, no matter what we're going through in life, that we have a good shepherd, that we just we just really need to stay close to you. And you lead us through whatever situations we need to navigate. We don't even have to know how to navigate it, but you just walk with us. And also, Lord, thank you that... Um, because we're just little sheep, we don't have to, we don't have to be, you know, the sheep are dumb, they're not too smart, but you're the good shepherd, it's all in you, and I just, I also just thank you for Lydia House being a place of welcoming, mm -hmm. Lord, you know that every sheep belongs in a fold, and there's not supposed to be any sheep left outside of a fold, yeah. So thank you for your design of fellowship and encouragement in the Lord and for all of your under shepherds that serve you faithfully. And I just um, also just thank you that um, Lydia House um, has welcomed Larry and Carrie and they have a place of belonging. They're sheep that now belong to a fold. And um, thank you for being glorified in, in there in, in this story now lord this, this your your body is just uh, recognizing that that's your design lord and thank you that we belong to each other and uh, whatever storms might be coming in the next year or maybe there'll be a time of refreshing and renewal but we just thank you that we can go through things together and not be alone amen amen Amen. I'd like you to be praying about something that I have been doing for um, many months now. Every other Tuesday night, I meet with a group of young men. Women will be added in the next meeting because we want men and women to be helping us to plant churches. And we are praying that what we experience at Liddy House could be multiplied around the cities and beyond. And so these young people are committed to helping to start house churches. So as you think about that, as you think about Liddy House and the potential 
of seeing houses springing up around the city. Please pray for these young people who would like to see that happen. There will be some couples that will do it as a team. There will be some men that will do it, some women that will do it. And so, uh, Father, we pray that it would be to your pleasure to see house churches multiplied in this day. Yes, Lord. We expect it to happen. Yes, And Lord. we rejoice in that great potential. We also want to pray for people who... Uh, are, are feeling it, are, who are struggling, who have uh, physical problems. Are there any here that uh, want to share something that we could pray for? Or if there's somebody that you know that we should pray for? Um, we'd like prayer to continued prayer for Ruth's brother-in-law, Bob Bear. He He's a, they, they attend Redeeming Love Church, but Bob just recently went through a triple bypass surgery, um, he's recovering at home. Wow. Had a few difficulties, but uh, just continued prayer for Bob. Yes. I'm going to pray for Bob, and as I do, I'm going to pray for some friends that we know, Nate and I know, uh, Robert Walter, who has yes. leukemia, and Tim Hagen, uh, who uh, has uh, cancer. Father, we pray for Bob and we pray uh, for good medical care. And beyond that, we pray for care from heaven. We pray that you would reach down and touch him Thank and you. remove the obstacles to full healing. We pray that you would heal Robert Walter in Jesus' name and Tim Hagen and any that we know that have cancer, leukemia, any degenerative disease that threatens their life. We pray against death. We pray for life, not death. We pray that no life would be cut short from the full extension that you have planned for that person, those people to live. We also pray for health. We pray for health at Lydia House. We pray for anybody that's struggling with uh, bad health. Karen has a, a, a blood clot that she went to see the doctor for yesterday. I pray yeah. for healing yeah. for that in, in Jesus' name. We pray healing for lower, any- The lower legs. Lower legs. Okay, don't panic, so she it's said. Like it's calf. It's, yeah. It's gonna get better. <laughs> uh, so we, we pray healing in Jesus' name for any who uh, struggle physically. Amen. Let's sing one more, uh, Carol. Hark. 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 We don't say that word very much, do we? <laughs> the angels are singing. Quite a choir. And who were the, who were the recipients? Who heard the choir? I wonder if heaven emptied out, if, if heaven, if God ever emptied out heaven, it would have been at the birth of his son. And who was listening to the choir? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> as anybody as saying, Ruth already answered that. Did she? Well, the shepherds. The shepherds. Okay, pretty important people. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget the sheep. <laughs> Hark the herald shall sing glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mine. 
Disappeared off my screen here. So I got it. Okay. Here we go. Christ, my highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Hailed in flesh, the Charles Wesley wrote, we'll sing verse three, but look at how strong it is, biblical and the theology of it. Hail the heaven-born prince of peace, hail the son of righteousness, light and lives to all he brings, rich with healing and his wings. Mild he lays his glory. Take it for a moment. I'm just going to transition from the piano and sit over uh, in the middle of the room. So if you could just take it for one or two minutes and we'll be at sure. it. Does anyone have anything to share? Maybe you feel like you have a word from the Lord or something else that you'd like to share with the group? Nobody. Do you guys like Christmas time? Is it on yeah. Why do you like Christmas? Because oh. it's fun. Because it's fun. It is fun, right? Yeah. Um, Andrew's looking really old from here today. He's looking really old. <laughs> he is. He's a teenager now. That's uh, scary. You know, we're almost out of the terrible 20s with our kids. <laughs> you know, the terrible twos. <laughs> yep. Well, we, we now have a teenager in the house, which we're pretty excited for. Yay. Very excited. Wow. I you like every... a teenager, Andrew? Oh. I don't know. I keep forgetting that I am a teenager. Oh, okay. We'll try to remind you. I didn't even know that you played the trumpet. 
And that was a huge surprise. I knew that Kaylee was uh, taking clarinet and that was exciting. But to hear two of you play together and you did two ludio instruments, you know. Yeah. The trumpet was an important one, Steve. And, um, and then of course the clarinet, we, we've got it up on the piano. We remember it. Well, we play it. We play it. Yeah. I play it. <laughs> so I want to uh, share some things that happened leading up to the Christmas story. And <clears throat> I want to give you the application first. I did that a, a couple, uh, maybe a month or two ago. And I want to make sure that you, uh, that you see the lessons. And so I'm going to give you the lessons first. And then I'm going to tell the story. And if as I'm talking, you have something to share, please uh, jump in. Uh, I wouldn't feel like you're interrupting that uh, I'd like to, to do this together. So one lesson is that miracles sometimes masquerade behind misfortune. Miracles sometimes show up in the midst of pain, in the midst of difficulty. And we see that in two situations in the Christmas story with Zachariah and Elizabeth, and then with Mary, a lot of pain and a lot of favor. The second thing I wanna say is that the favor of heaven sometimes brings disfavor on earth. They had the favor of heaven, Elizabeth and Zechariah, but as you know, she had disfavor because of what people thought about her. They called her the barren one because they thought she was barren. She wasn't barren at all. In fact, God had planned for her to have a child when she was beyond the age when she could have a child. So that's the opposite of barrenness, that's fruitfulness. She had a fruitful womb, but she lived with pain through most of her adult life because the, the grace of heaven uh, was the disgrace from earth. One more thing to keep in mind regarding the purposes and the plans of God. We don't always see his plans clearly. As I'm stepping ahead now, I'm praying, I have some ideas, but I don't feel like I have a real clear picture of his plan. And my counsel to you is that when you don't see his plan clearly, that you trust his character. The problem comes when we're confused and uh, plans don't uh, turn out the way we expected. For instance, Zachariah, they didn't have the baby they expected. What happened to him? I'm not sure what happened to him, but it appears that there was a wound in his heart because he said something he shouldn't have said. And I'm sure he rehearsed that a hundred times during his nine month timeout when he was disciplined by the angel Gabriel for saying what he shouldn't have said. 
they had the favor of God. It was disgrace uh, on earth. God had a wonderful plan for them. And maybe Elizabeth, even easier than Zachariah, was able to trust his heart, his character. And uh, of course, then when she conceived, she spent five months of, of rejoicing and quietness. So turn with me to Luke chapter one. We're going to look at some scriptures together. And as we do, please comment if you have something to share. We, we look early on and we see that this couple, this elderly couple, they were a remarkable couple. It says in verse six of chapter one of Luke, they both walked righteous before God, walking blamelessly. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. These were not newbies. They were seasoned believers, strong in the Lord. And then the next word is but, verse 7. At least in my Bible, the next word is but. Look in yours. Is that the, is that the next word? Okay. So they were strong, but what, what comes next? They had no child. Oh my, one would expect a, a couple like that who were so strong in the Lord that God would give them not a child, but children to raise. They would do such a wonderful job, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. So the likelihood now of having a child is minimal if not out of the picture completely. But then Zechariah is visited, as you know, by an angel. And what do angels say the first thing when they show up? It might be without exception in scripture. Every passage that I'm aware of, they say one thing. What do they say? Fear not. Fear not. <laughs> that tells us something about angels. It's not the Sunday school variety angel in the Christmas program. Angels are, are fighters. One angel could handle the whole U.S. Marines. Angels are glorious creatures. Angels instill fear when they visit people because of their very presence, their nature, their glory, their power, and they set it to... Zachariah, and they said it to Mary, and uh, in every place in scripture I'm aware of, they have to say, and then he gives him this glorious news that we would expect Zachariah to be so excited that he would say, well, what would you expect him to say? This is wonderful. This is what we prayed so long for. This is so exciting. I wonder, and I just ask this as a question, if there's a wound in Zachariah's heart. Sometimes if there's a wound in our heart, we may take an offense toward heaven. And I just say this as a warning. If you go through something, if you suffer, if something is hard on you, please try not to take up an offense toward God 
or, or let it wound you. God is doing something wonderful. You can trust his character even when you're feeling pain. You can trust that he loves you, that he's doing good. Somehow, something got into Zachariah that was not typical of his character. This is not typical of him. And I know he rehearsed it a hundred times during his forced time out. How? That's the first word I see when he answer, when he opens his mouth in verse 18. Okay, what's he going to say? How shall I know this? Oh, come on, Zechariah. When was the last time you had a visit from Gabriel? When has this happened before in your life? It was so astounding that it should have been uh, recognizable enough that he could have simply said, oh my, this is glorious. This is what we prayed for a thousand times. And yet something got into his heart. Oh, Father, please don't let things creep into our heart that cause us to say no to the divine plan, that cause us to react when you come to us with a blessing and we're, we're uh, wounded by something that has happened and we can't see you clearly. So he uh, came home after his time and Elizabeth conceived. And uh, what did she do for the next five months? Kind of a silent retreat. She hid. Why did she hide? If anything had gotten out that people were uh, hearing that they think they're having a child, their ridicule would have continued with greater, much greater force. And so I think she stayed until there was evidence to make it obvious that indeed, because when the word came out, the neighborhood really didn't turn against her. They were very happy, thankfully. They were very happy for her. But I see, I see something very wonderful about Elizabeth in verse 24 and 25. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. God never reproached her, but she felt the reproach of people. And so now God was lifting that painful reproach that she felt all her life, feeling that she was different because of what she wasn't able to do. So uh, there's something beautiful and remarkable about her. And now think of her, she, is, she spent 150 days in prayer. And when Mary comes, she is literally going to explode with a, pro a prophetic accuracy that's astounding. What preceded that? 150 days of, of being in the presence of the Lord in prayer, in joy, in thanksgiving, in adoration. And out of that came uh, prophecy and praise. So the angel leaves, and I'm wondering if, he, if he's shaking his head. What was that about? What, what happened? 
what happened to Zechariah? And uh, he goes back to heaven. And then uh, God gives him another assignment up the street, about 90 miles up the street, up in Nazareth, not the best town in Galilee. It had a reputation and it wasn't a good reputation. That's where Mary came from. And the angel came to her. And uh, of course, she was shocked. And the angel said to her what he said to Zechariah, do not be afraid. Now I want you to hear this. <coughs> For you have found favor with God. Here's my question. Can you think of anything that would be more wonderful for you to hear than you have found favor with God? Mm, right. I can't think of anything. What if God said to you, Tim or Ruth, you have found favor with God? Oh, what does that open? What opportunities does that open? That I've attracted heaven by the way I've been living. Well, how was she living? We don't know how old she was. I looked up to see if I get any idea from any concordances. And all of them estimate a teenager. Every one of them suggested a teenager. In those days, they tended to marry earlier than what we normally marry. Yes. We're, we're at the, uh, we marry later and later every decade it's it's in the it's now in the in the late 20s uh, uh then it was normal at least for the mm -hmm. wife mm -hmm. to be a teenager and she could have been 16 she could have been 18 we don't know but it's likely that she's a teenager and this teenage girl has found the favor of heaven how did what did she do what did she live like how did how did that bring about well we see it in some of her responses. And let's go and let's look at them. And she, she gets this incredible news that she'll bear a son who will be great. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Yeah. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, what's the first word that comes out of Mary's mouth? How? How? That was the same word that we heard from Zechariah. How was it different? Mm -hmm. Why did he get judged and she got she got a good explanation? Mm -hmm. She just wanted some details. <laughs> she wasn't doubting the message. She just wanted some details. <laughs> I think that's true. That, she wanted the details. She wanted she wanted an understanding of, of how this was going to happen because. And, and she didn't say, I, I better hurry up and get and marry Joseph then. She didn't even think in that direction. She simply said, I know no man. Literally, I know no man. I'm a virgin. Um, I think she said uh, that it's different because Zachariah, I don't think like he believed the angel. And I think Mary believed the angel. Um, and like she just wanted to know she was just like wondering how it could happen and then Zachariah was like well that doesn't sound like that could happen like that's that's crazy like and he didn't believe it and I think Mary like did believe it and she just uh -huh. wanted to know like she was curious yeah, yeah. excellent 
Excellent. She she believed and he doubted. That that's the difference. Good, Kaylee. Thank you. The difference between a, a believing question and a doubting question. I like it. So here's the answer that the angel gives. I want you to hear the angel's answer and then nail and then um, her response. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. A human being, did you hear that? A human being is giving birth to the Son of God. What's the, what's the uh, theological word for this? We call it, it starts with I. Incarnation. Incarnation. Incarnate. In flesh. In flesh. God is coming to earth in flesh. The Bible says God is spirit. And now God is incredibly taking on flesh, and he will come into the human race like we all come, mm -hmm. through conception, through growing in the womb. This is, this is so absolutely incredible, the mystery of God taking on flesh. We, we hear it in John when we read about the word being with God and the word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, what does it say? And the word became. So, so you could see God when, when you saw Jesus. I like that song. Uh, when you kiss the faith and when you kiss the face of your son you kiss the face of god it's true the song mary did you know mary did you know yeah okay so uh and behold and then and then the angel gives her some news that she didn't know yet why because elizabeth was in hiding elizabeth wasn't telling anybody and so the, the word hadn't gotten up to nazareth it hadn't traveled up the trail. And behold, your relative, Aunt Elizabeth, in her old age. You know, Zachariah was careful to speak about her age. He said, for I am an old man, verse 18. He didn't say, and, I, and my wife is an old lady. <laughs> he said, I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in literally in days. It says years here, but literally she's got a lot of, a lot of days behind her. He's a wise man. So, so he's, he said it well. So uh, behold, Elizabeth in her old age, just puts it out there. She's old and she's conceived. And this is now the sixth month with her who was called, was she barren? No. She was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Say that. For nothing. Say it now like you really believe it. For nothing will be impossible with God. I want to stop for a moment and I want to pray 
for any difficulties in our lives, difficulties in your life, that are difficulties that could almost become impossibilities. You know, we can face some impossibilities and that can stop us. It can stop us from believing, stop us from hoping, stop us from pressing forward, stopping us and going after a vision that God gives us. The angel who knows Jesus and knows God said, nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. I, I uh, On my screen now are Tim and Ruth. When you pray for Larry and Carrie, remember, nothing will be impossible Hallelujah. with God. There is nothing that, nothing that we conceive of that looks so difficult for, for families to be re reunited, for children to come to faith, yes. for uh, uh, troubles in, in marriages to be worked out. The angel said, nothing will be impossible. And so, Father, would you look down now at our impossibilities? Would you look down now upon us with the difficulties that we face, with the situations in our family, among our relatives, in our workplace, with uh, unruly neighbors, with difficulties within us, with things that haven't yielded to prayer in our lives, that we're still habits that we have that we can't shake? We look to you. Yes. Because we hear the words of the angel. Hallelujah. And Mary heard that. For nothing will be impossible you, with Jesus. God. Thank you for the confidence that that gives us in prayer and in living. Mm -hmm. That whatever yeah. people say, whatever the government says, whatever a, a, a friend who is trying to be kind might say that would hurt us. Nothing, 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 nothing is impossible with God. And so let's look at Mary's response. Having heard this incredible news that she is going to give birth, she's a teenager now, and she's going to give birth to somebody who's going to live forever. Okay, <laughs> okay, 16-year-old Mary, how are you going to believe this? You're going to believe that, that you're going to bear somebody who's going to live forever. He's going to reign in the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there'll be no end. I mean, he'll reign forever and ever and ever. Mary, what's your response to that? Here's her response. This shows what a person Mary was and is. And by the way, she's not the queen of heaven. When she showed up on Pentecost, she's mentioned along with the brothers of Jesus, and they were telling who was there among the 120, and Mary was there, and her, uh, the three brothers, I think they said three brothers of Jesus, so she's there. She wasn't put on a throne there. She doesn't, she's not a, on a pedestal. She doesn't uh, pray for us like she's got a, a special place, but what, what a girl, and I think when the angel left her, he was it had a completely different response from when he left Zechariah. Yeah. He was saying, wow, what a choice did God make this time around? What a, what a person. 
So Mary said, behold, and I'm going to say this literally, I am the bond slave. The word is doulos. Yeah. It's, it's not the word for servant. Servant is diakonos, diakonos. We get the word diaconate. This is a bond slave. Behold, I am the bond slave. That's the lowest of the low. They're the ones who come in and wash the feet of people. That's, that's what I am. And okay, you say you're going to do this, then go ahead and do it. If that's your plan, let it be to me according to your word. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. you, go, you go ahead. You've got my body. Do what you will do. I can't make it happen, but I will let it happen. And it reminds me of people who, who gave things to Jesus. Jesus needed a place. And one of somebody that he knew said, you can have my room. It was an upper room. So he gave him his room. Another one said, hey, you can have my donkey. Yeah. You got my donkey. Another one said, hey, you can have my uh, alabaster box. And she pours it out shocking the disciples who were trying to compute how much money was being poured on the feet of Jesus. And they were shocked because they didn't have that much love. They wouldn't give that much, but Mary did. It's a, this is another Mary poured it out. Yeah. Like wastefully. No, it's remembered 2000 years later. That's how much it meant to Jesus that she poured it out on Jesus. Another man, he is a, he's a converted religious leader named Joseph. He said, you can use my uh, grave. And Jesus said, I'll only need it for the weekend. <laughs> Back. Yeah. It was an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's such a wonderful statement let it be according to your word you only i can't do it but you can do it and she she presented herself let it be and the angel departed so mary's thinking okay this is new territory my aunt i'll call her the aunt my aunt is also having a baby I need some counsel. I need help. I need prayer. Joseph, I, uh, I don't know what she told him at the time. I don't think she told him everything at this point. I think she said, hey, Elizabeth needs my help. She's old, and I think I, think I need to go help her and serve her. So Joseph bought into the idea and made arrangements. He wouldn't have sent her off without... Uh, making sure she was in a caravan uh, so that she was safe. And uh, so she went in haste, it says, into the hill country. It's 80, 90 miles to a town in Judah. And here goes. This is, this is perhaps my favorite sc scripture in, in the whole book. I want you to remember now what Elizabeth has been doing. She has been in prayer. Mm-hmm and praise for 150 days, five months. That's, do you know how you feel when you give three hours to prayer, when you give a day, a special day to prayer, how encouraging that is? 
what if you gave 150 days of, of, of total reflection on the Lord? She was, she was so connected. She was so alive in the spirit. She was so open. If there was any sense of being wounded, she was healed. And Zechariah himself was too, because we're going to see what happens to him. But Mary, she doesn't even get into the house. She gets to the threshold. Right. And the baby inside, here's John's first meeting with his cousin. <laughs> this is the first meeting they have. Uh, John is probably, uh, well, he's five months along. Uh, Sarah, how long is that? And, and Jesus is barely uh, been uh, conceived, so a centimeter or two. And John recognizes Jesus. Yes. Think about that one, folks. That's the Holy Spirit. There is a Holy Spirit recognition mm -hmm. of the one that he's going to be working with, and he's going to be his forerunner. Mm -hmm. And that's what Elizabeth says. Elizabeth, she hears the greeting. Hello, Elizabeth, it's Mary. I've come to see you. I've come to help you. <laughs> and Elizabeth hears that. She is filled, overcome with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed, how did she do it? With a loud voice. <laughs> she was real. She opened her mouth. And this was loud. She really exclaimed this. Yeah. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. How did she know? By revelation at the moment. At the moment. Blessed are you. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me? that the mother of my Lord, Mary, you are carrying my Lord. Mm -hmm. Oh my, such prophetic revelation that the mother of my Lord should come to me and behold, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my room leaped for joy. Yeah. I felt lots of kicks, lots of kicks, seven, <laughs> seven of them, uh, seven, um, pregnancies and lots of kicks she let me do that uh this was a different kick the baby leaped for joy she interpreted is, is she just saying that it's by revelation folks god is revealing what's happening in the womb that this is the first recognition and then 30 years later John sees Jesus. We don't know if they had any connection during their childhood, but he, and he says, what does he say when he sees him? The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's right. Yes. He, he summarizes the whole old covenant oh, yeah. in one sentence and says, there it is right there. He's the lamb. He's the sacrificial lamb. And he is the one who's taking away the sins of the world. Blessed is he who believed. I wonder if that is a sideward comment that reflects back on Zechariah. 
I don't know if it is, but the problem that Zachariah had is that he, he wasn't ready to believe sufficiently to just go with it. Mary was. Bless his she she believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And then Mary shows us what she's made of when she gives this incredible, you think of a teenager singing this song spontaneously. This song has been sung more than Silent Night. Right. The Magnificat has been sung around the world for generations and generations. And then Mary remained with her for three months. What fellowship? Just picture the fellowship of those two incredible godly women daily for three months praying together. She was five months along. Now that's three months. Mary goes home. There's so I don't think she was there for the birth. I think she left before the birth. But then how long did John have to wait? Not for the birth. He had to wait until the, the naming of the child, which was, so it was nine months plus whatever it took for him to get home and for conception to take place. And then eight more days after the birth. And he asked for a writing tablet and it says his name is John. And then the prophecy rises. He did a good job in his time out. (laughs) He wasn't bitter. He he repented. He looked to the Lord and he was so filled with the presence of the Lord that uh, he gave this powerful prophecy. So, Father, I thank you for this incredible, absolutely incredible story Mm -hmm. that moves us, that that gives us hope in the midst of Mm -hmm. our struggles that with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mm-hmm. That gives us hope when we don't hear from you, when, when you're not speaking to us. We wonder, God, you could have told them you're gonna be barren for 40 years and then you're gonna have a child. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell them. God, sometimes you are silent. And I pray that we would learn how to trust you mm-hmm. when we haven't heard from you. Yeah. When you seem to be a little distant, we know you never are, but it sometimes feels that way to us. Yeah. Thank you for this glorious story. And may it come Jesus. more and more alive in us this season. I bless all of Lydia House that this Christmas will be the best yet. Mm-hmm. Not that we get what we wanted, but that we give of ourselves like Mary gave of herself. Behold the bond servant of the Lord, let it be. Let it be in my life. Let it be in my family. Let it be among my children. Let it be according to your word. And so the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor there it is folks and give you his peace in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Amen.